I love this time of the year because there's so many things that are happening, so many things that are going on, and it's just so festive to look around, see the lights, and hear the kids, and you know everything that just goes with Christmas. And there's so many things that we get wrapped up in, so many things that we get involved in, and sometimes we miss the true meaning of Christmas. That's why I love the name of our series, Xmas, What's Missing? Right, Because if, if you grew up in church or if you have uh, been in the South for any length of time and you ever see the word Xmas, there's this thing that cringes inside of you. Right, I grew up thinking every time you saw Xmas, everybody goes, man, they've taken Christ out of Christmas. That They've just simply removed Christ and I can't stand that. I can't believe that. I can't believe they would do that. And through this series, here's our hope and our prayer, is that when you see Xmas, you would pause. And in your mind, you may go, man, they've they've taken Christ out of Christmas, but you would pause and reflect and go, you know what? No one can take Christ out of Christmas for me, except for me. And what happens is if we get wrapped up in all the stuff and doing all the other things and we miss out on the greatest thing ever, which is Jesus Christ himself. That's what Christmas is truly all about. And what we want to do through this series is walk through some things that over time we may just have glanced over, right? We've glossed over these because maybe it's a story that we've grown up hearing our entire life. And it's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's what we do. It's what we do every year. We hear these same things. We talk about these same things. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. I'm just ready for it to be over. But my hope and prayer is as we walk through this uh, for the remainder of this month is that we realize, you know what, we need to stop and realize we've allowed some things to go missing from our Christmas. Brett kicked off this series last week and talked about the first thing that kind of we miss out on or that we gloss over is that of wonder. We don't realize what Christmas is really all about. It's one of those things that God had predestined beforehand that he was going to send his son and he does that and gives us the greatest gift ever it's a gift that every single one of us wanted but Brett also told us last week that this it's a gift that every single one of us needed that he provides everything for us and sometimes we need to stop and pause and think for a second and just be kind of in awe and in wonder of what Christmas is really all about Today, I want us to look in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to see the story from Joseph's perspective today, beginning in verse 18. And the the word I want us to to, to remember today, the word I want us to think about today that we've been missing throughout the Christmas story is supernatural. Supernatural. It's one of these things that as we read through the story, sometimes we can just simply say, oh yeah, I've known that, I've always known that, but listen to me, the story of Christmas doesn't make sense in the natural mind. And there's some things that are going to happen that just naturally we can't explain. And so as we walk through that in our minds, we automatically, automatically tend to think, you know what, if we can't explain it, if science can't explain it, if we can't understand it, then obviously it's simply made up, it's myth, it did not happen. And we simply just gloss over it. This is make-believe. It's a great story, and it just makes everything feel really good, but there's no truth to it. Let's just say it this way. This whole thing is Bigfoot, right? We kind of hope Bigfoot exists, right? Don't you? I mean, deep down somewhere, you're thinking maybe like in Alabama, 
right, that, that Bigfoot is there, because maybe Arkansas, maybe you want to go a little further, right, to, to find Bigfoot. There's something in us that we, we want it to be true, but we just can't quite wrap our mind around it, and because it doesn't make sense to us, we just kind of either dismiss it or we say, eh, it's not that big of a deal, we gloss over it. But there are a lot of things that God has done throughout the years that, guess what, we may never understand. And we can never fully explain because his ways are not our ways. The things that he chooses to do are not our thoughts and our things that we would choose to do ourselves. I'm thinking about when Jesus and, and is revealing himself, he's talking about and Peter stands up and Jesus said, hey, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. And what is it that Jesus says to him? Blessed are you, Peter. Right? Because listen, you didn't come up with this on your own. This isn't explained to you on your own. You came up to this because the Father in heaven revealed this to you. Because my Father supernaturally opened your eyes and opened your ears to be able to understand who I truly am, to understand what the Word of God truly is. It's supernatural for God to reveal himself to us, show us who he is, and for us to trust that and to step into it. And that's why sometimes people look at it and go, man, that's just not true. It didn't happen. It's not there. Listen, my hope and prayer this morning is that God will reveal himself to you in such a way that your eyes would be open, that your ears would be open to hear what it is that God wants to say. Because this story is full of things that only God can do. And here's the greatest thing, he did. He did. And because of that, we get to celebrate this Christmas season. So let's look at what Matthew says here in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much for the truth of your word this morning. And Father, as we walk through this story, there are so many things that, Lord, in our finite minds, God, we can't wrap them around this. But Father, I pray this morning that in your supernatural way, God, that you're allowing us to see who you are. And Father, I pray that for many in this room today that do not yet know you as Lord and Savior, today would be the opportunity for their eyes to be open, Father, for their ears to be open, to hear the truth of the gospel and to see exactly what Christmas is really all about. And then, Father, they would step out and trust who you are and what you have done. And, Father, that you would come alive in them today. 
God, draw us in and help us to not simply just glaze over the truth of the gospel that's inside of this story. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this is one of those stories that we hear all the time, right? It's Christmas. Hey, Mary, she's pregnant. This is great. Joseph, he's doing great. Everything's going great. An angel comes and, man, isn't that awesome? And it is awesome, but listen to me. It's packed with supernatural things that we cannot simply conceive, that we can't wrap our minds around because we're going, man, what does that really mean? How, how does that happen? How can that even work? And I want us to see just, just four of those things right here from this passage. The first one is this, that there's this supernatural conception that takes place, right? This supernatural conception that takes place. Look at verse 18 again with me. We're told this, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. All right, let me talk about that for just a second because back then things were a little different than they are now, right? We think of being betrothed to someone as being maybe engaged because that's kind of what we understand. We assume that Joseph, you know, had his buddy over in the woods taking pictures and that he came and he knelt down on one knee and he, you know, made this beautiful scene and everything was perfect and he got down on his knee off of his donkey and Mary's going, this is the moment. Probably didn't happen that way, right? Because all of these marriages were arranged by the parents. Something with two girls of my own, I think we need to go back to. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that right out of the gate. I really do believe that arranged marriages are godly and biblical. And we can point to them and we can go with that. All right? And so what would happen when these two families would come together, an agreement would be made that this daughter would be married to this son. And when they would be betrothed to each other, they would enter into an actual contract. It's more than just saying, hey, I'm putting a ring on your finger. It's saying from this point forward, in the eyes of God, we are married, right? We are together. And so at this point forward, we are married. So if anything was to happen in this scenario, they would actually physically have to go and go through a divorce, even though they are simply betrothed to one another. Right? The marriage has never been consummated. Nothing has, has uh, happened. The ceremony hasn't happened. But yet, because of how real this was, everything had already been decided. And they were to be together. And a lot of times, this time of being betrothed would be about a year in length. So it's during this time that the two of them have already come together. They've already agreed that these are the ones that are going to be married. There's anticipation. There's excitement. All of these things are happening. And it says this, that she was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So typically during this betrothal time, the couple wouldn't see a whole lot of each other. Right? They didn't see a, a tremendous amount of time together. A lot of times now when we think of getting engaged, it's like we spend every waking moment together. Right? And we're planning the ceremony. We're planning all of these things. Well, technically for them, they didn't spend a lot of time together. Because one of the things they wanted to see inside of this uh, being betrothed to one another was to see if there would be faithfulness between the two. To see if there would be fidelity between the two. And that was one of the main things that was happening was during this time of betrothal that all of a sudden Mary gets pregnant. And so it's one of these things that as we've seen the story from her perspective and everything else, we know that the angel of the Lord comes to Mary and says, listen, here's the deal. 
you are going to be with child. You've been chosen, you've been selected to give birth to the Son of God. And she's like, well, how in the world is this going to happen? And he says, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, right? And, and, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and in that moment, you will be with child. Well, the hard part for us to wrap our minds around, and I guarantee you it was difficult for Joseph to wrap his mind around, is that if we're in a situation in which we are engaged to someone, in which we are close to with someone, and we know that we are going to be getting married, and that, that someone comes to us and says, hey, I am with child, the first thing that goes through your mind is not, well, praise God, it happened again. The first thing that goes through your mind is you have been unfaithful. Because in the natural sense, we know that two people have to come together in order for there to be a baby, in order for there to be a pregnancy. But what Scripture is telling us from the very beginning is this, this is not a normal baby. It is a supernatural baby because God is coming to earth for us. There's a purpose and there's a reason. And you can't just go, okay, well, that makes natural sense to me because if we're honest with each other, it doesn't make natural sense. Mary was the only one who had been visited by the angel at this point. And so she's just kind of understanding and working through and wrestling with all these things. And can you imagine what's going through her mind as she gets to go tell Joseph that, hey, here's the deal. I promise you I've been faithful to you. I'm, I'm promising you that our contract is still good, that, that I've done exactly what I said I would do, and that, man, I want to be with you. I want our life to be everything that we originally dreamt it up to be, that everything was going to be great and everything was going to be fantastic. And Joseph begins to hear this, and what we begin to see in verse 19 as we go on is this supernatural character that gets revealed outside of Joseph's life. Because look at what it says here beginning in verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away in secret. Right? Joseph gets this news. He hears that his, his soon-to-be wife, right? We're, we're having this ceremony. Everything's getting planned. And now she's come to me and she says, I'm having a baby. And it's from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, man, I just can't wrap my mind around that. That, that makes no sense to me. It, I, I don't understand it. But here's the deal. I don't want to do anything to hurt you. I want to think about that for a second, guys. Is that the way you would handle this situation? Is that the response at heart you would have when you found out the one you were engaged to, the one that you were soon to be married to, the one that you were going to spend the rest of your life with comes to you and says, I'm pregnant? You see, because by law standard at this time, Joseph had two things he could do. Number one was this, he could shame her publicly, right? He, he could make a big disgrace out of her and parade her around and tell everybody around, listen, let me tell you what she did to me. She's been unfaithful to me. She stepped outside of our marriage and she has now found herself in this situation. And you know what? I want to put as much shame upon her as I possibly can. The second thing was not only the shame, which was the most common thing that men would do if this occurrence would take place, but the second thing was this, and this was pretty brutal and pretty vital, is he could go as so far by law to stone her and have her killed. 
because of the situation that they found themselves in. And in this moment, when Joseph hears this and he's kind of replaying it and going through everything that's going on in his mind, it's the character in his life that gets supernaturally revealed here in this statement. And he's like, listen, here's what I know. I don't want to disgrace her. The last thing in the world I want to do is to bring her any more shame than she's already going to have upon herself. Because here's the reality. Once I divorce her because that's not my baby, she's never going to get married again. That there's nobody else that's going to step up into this situation and go, hey, I'll take care of it and I'll step into this. And he knows that. And he's like, man, listen, she's already going to have enough pain. She's already going to go through enough shame on her own with everything that's going on in here. And I don't want to do anything to add to that. So the last thing in the world I want to do is disgrace her because she's not going to have anybody to protect her once her parents are gone. So what am I going to do? I'm planning to send her away secretly. I'm not going to let anybody else know about it. I definitely don't want her to be dead, and I definitely don't want anybody else to know about this. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to allow God to do his thing in her life, and I'm going to pray for her and hope that everything goes really, really well. His character has been revealed in a way that, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have done it. And naturally speaking, there's not a guy in this room that says, yeah, sign me up for that. I want to be a part of it. But supernaturally, God begins to do something in him because as you go into verse 20, you begin to see that this angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And he begins to talk to him and he says, listen, Joseph, it's because of your character. It's because of who you are, who God has crafted you to be. It's because of the way that you think. It's because of the way that you act. It's because of the fact that you don't want to shame her, that you don't want to be a disgrace to her, that I want you to be the one that's going to be the father of this child. It's because of your unbelievable character. It's not natural. It's beyond anything that we could Imagine there's a supernatural conception that takes place, a supernatural character that we begin to see here in Joseph. There's a supernatural conversation that takes place between an angel and Joseph himself. Look at right here in verse 20 and following. He says this, he says, but when he had considered this, right? Can you imagine him laying there and just thinking it over and over and over, replaying everything that he'd heard? And how in the world is she pregnant? How in the world does all of these things happen? I just don't get it. And she's claiming that there's not another guy. She's claiming that there was never any other guy, that she has been faithful to me. I know that I want her to be faithful to me, but this just doesn't make sense. He's chewing on it over and over and over. And it says this, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want to stop there for just a second. Here's the coolest thing to me in this entire passage, right? This supernatural conversation that begins to happen to Joseph as he's in this dream, the angel comes and he says, listen, I know you're chewing on this. I know that it's one of those things that's constantly keeping you up and you're, you're nodding and you're coming back and forth. But here's what I want you to understand. Mary has been faithful to you. Everything you're hoping for, everything that you're desiring for is absolutely true. It's true. 
You can believe her. You can trust her. You can walk in this with her. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to be the one that will be the father to her son. And as you go back through prophecy, what it has says from the lineage of David. Well, what was it the angel just said? You, Joseph, son of David. And it's because of your characters, because of your lineages, because of the way that you live your life. We want you to be the father to this child. And then he says, listen, let me tell you something amazing about this child, right? You're going to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. If that's not supernatural, I don't know what is. Your very son will bring with him forgiveness. Forgiveness. Salvation. Saving you from your sin. The very story of Christmas is about the fact that God came to earth to bring forgiveness to us. Listen, we understand sometimes how hard it is to forgive, right? Because we all have family, because we're all part of a family, because we all go through life and sometimes we get hurt, sometimes we get things uh, thrown in our face, things that are happening, and it's hard for us to forgive. And so we start thinking, you know what? There's things in my life that there's no way that God could ever forgive me of that. There's no way God could ever forgive me of that. You know what? Other people may not know things that are happening in your life, but can I tell you something? The God of the universe knows everything about your life. He knows every single detail. And do you know what his response is to that? His response is this, I'm going to send my son who will save his people from their sin. I'm going to send my son who's going to bring forgiveness to the world. And you're going, man, I don't think that could happen. Listen to me. That is the grace and the mercy and the supernatural thing of God is that he can bring that forgiveness no matter what. It's an unbelievable thing that happens here with Joseph. Because he's going, listen to me, this very boy, this very child that is inside of Mary at this moment will save their people, his people from their sins. Listen, he goes on and he says, let me just tell you a little bit more about it. Look at verse um, 22. He says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Supernatural. Supernatural. That the God of the universe, who is outside of time and space and anything else that our natural minds can conceive, is coming to earth in the form of a baby who would live a perfect life and would die the ultimate death that every single one of us deserve to die. How does God respond to our sin? How does God respond to our mess? How does God respond to the things that we get involved in? He comes to be with us through his son and provide us a way out. I'm so thankful for this supernatural conversation that takes place between the angel and Joseph. Because it's because of this son that we get to celebrate Christmas and the fact that we can be forgiven, the fact that we can be saved, the fact that the God of the universe loved us so much that he didn't leave us in our sin, but he came to save us.
It's an amazing supernatural thing to think about. The last thing we see in this passage is this. There's a supernatural courage. There's a supernatural courage that we see in Joseph. Because look at what it says here in these last two verses. It says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife. But he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I want you to think about that for just a second. Because you know what? We read this story so many times, and we go, yeah. God shows up through an angel in a dream, tells Joseph, hey, man, everything's cool. Life's going to be great. It's exactly like she told you it was going to be. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Just go marry her. Everything's going to be fine. And we go, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Let me ask you a question. How many dreams have you had in the last couple of months that you would willfully jump up and courageously step into the very next day? Most of the dreams that we have involve some big furry orange creature, right? I don't know, maybe that's me. But I'm not waking up from my dreams going, hey, God was in that dream, and that was perfect, and that was exactly what I need to do, and I'm going to step into this supernaturally through courage and go, yeah, this is going to happen. Don't just blow past it. Because God supernaturally tells Joseph, listen, I want to do this in you and I want you to be the one that gets to receive the blessing. And the Bible tells us that Joseph awoke and he did. He took Mary to be his wife. And until she gave birth to Jesus, they never consummated the marriage. And when the son came out, what did he do? He said, I'm going to follow what God has called me to do. His name is Jesus name is Jesus. He stepped into what God had for him. And listen to me, that took supernatural courage to be able to happen. Are you willing to do that today? Are you willing to have that kind of courage to step into what God has in store for you? To step into what God wants for you in your life? You know, right now we're sitting there thinking, man, I don't know that I can wrap my mind around it. I don't know that I can understand it because, and just this supernatural conception of, of, of the Holy Spirit, man, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How in the world he would step into that and go, you know what, instead of letting her go, I'm going to listen to this conversation I've had with an angel. And I'm going to step in and courageously become the husband that she truly needs. You know what, it never went away. For the entire time she was pregnant, can you imagine the gossip? Can you imagine the conversations? Can you imagine everything that was saying, you know, the, the fact is she was still in shame and disgrace. Joseph knew that. He understood that. But you know what he did? He willingly stepped into that. And everything that she was taking, he started taking. Everything that was said to her was also said to him. But in his heart, he knew, you know what? I'm exactly where God wants me be can you say that this morning can you say you're exactly where God wants you to be that your life is exactly what he has in store for you I think some of us we've been doing life on our own and we've not once stepped into who Christ is and what he has done we've not accepted what Christmas is really all about that he came to save his people from their sin. And maybe you're here this morning and you're still in that sin. You're still stuck there and you're going, man, I just, I don't know. 
That would be a huge step. And man, I'm telling you, you don't know my family. You don't know my situation. You don't know the people that I work with. Could you imagine what they would say if I said yes to this? That's why it takes courage. And faith to step into it and to believe and to say, Jesus, I want you more than I want anything else. Are you willing to say that in your life today? Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your unbelievable love for us. God, I thank you for how you supernaturally work through Christmas. And Father, here's what I know and here's what I love is that it wasn't only at Christmas. God, you still work supernaturally today. And Father, I pray that you would work that way in our lives this morning. God, may we trust that you're not done with us. May we trust in stepping into a relationship with you. Listen, if you're here this morning, you don't yet know Christ. And today, you're saying, I'm willing to step out in courage. we got volunteers that are going to be here in the back. And while we're singing, here's what I would encourage you to do. Just step out of the road, right? The person beside you, listen, they'll say, hey, absolutely. They'll step back. You step back and walk back to one of our volunteers and just go, listen, I want to experience that in my life today. We would love to walk with you through that, whether you're in the balcony, whether you're here on the floor. Today, God wants to do something supernatural in your life. Will you simply say yes to letting him do it? Maybe there's a situation that you've been working through, walking through, and you're going, man, I just don't see a way out. Can I remind you this morning that we serve a supernatural God that wants to do things outside of the realm of what we think is possible. And my prayer this morning for you is you would step into that and you would trust him and you would know he's not done working in your life. He's not done working in your life. It's what he wants to continue to do. Thank him for that this morning. Maybe you want to gather around here and just pray at this altar. Maybe you want to kneel at your seat. Whatever it is, just thank him that he's never once left you or forsaken you and that he still is going to do something powerful in your life. Father, we thank you for this time. We surrender it to you. Father, give us the courage to step out and make the decisions that we need to make. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.